What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you for making me part of your week. What a time it is to be a football fan in Western New York. Stick around, and I'll tell you why. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? As I stated before, what a time it is to be a football fan in Western New York. I'm going to tell you why right now. The University at Buffalo football team, University at Buffalo Bulls football team, pardon me, is ranked for the first time in program history. Lance Leipold has done just an unbelievable job with this program. Just four short years ago, this program was two and ten, and now we are nationally ranked in the top twenty-five, coming in at number twenty-four even though they didn't play a game this week because of COVID, the people who do the rankings still believe that UB is one of the top 25 teams in the nation in large part because of UB's running back Jarrett Patterson and their offensive line are having just a stellar, stellar season. It has been so much fun to watch. As I said, Lance Leipold has done just an incredible job with developing talent at the university and now going into the 2021 season, he has the best recruiting class that has ever come to UB. He has 13 three-star recruits and... uh, Some of these recruits are very highly recruited guys turning down offers from major universities, uh, football programs to come to UB. That is a testament to what Lance Leipold and his staff are doing here in Buffalo. We are becoming nationally recognized as a place that players want to come. Not only are they going to get a first-rate education, they're coming here to play big-time college football. They have a lot of big-time matchups coming up in the future. And as I stated, Lance Leipold has done more than just bring in uh, guys to be incredible on the field. He's also done an incredible job off the field in getting upgrades to all of the facilities here in Buffalo. They got a new field house. They have got... um, multiple upgrades in the health and training facilities. They got upgrades in the locker room. They got upgrades uh, in, uh, you know, know, a a ton of different areas. They got a a new barbershop. They have a fueling station that they call it. Look up the video on YouTube. It's fantastic. The amount of upgrades that the the UB Bulls are, are bringing in, and Lance Leipold is a big reason why, is a reason why we're getting so many of these commits. They are making UB a destination place for football, and it is just spectacular to watch. As I stated before, if you are not on the bandwagon, there is still room for you. You need to jump on, have a seat right next to me, and we're going to watch the UB Bulls uh, play some fantastic football. Going on to the Buffalo Bills now, though, the Buffalo Bills were slated to be the underdog in this game in the betting 
and nationally on TV. They were said that, you know, they were not a physical enough team, not a team that uh, was good against the run, and that the 49ers were a very solid team running the football. Mozart and Wilson were going to come. They were going to bully the Bills around, and they were going to run at will against the Buffalo Bills team. I got to tell you, that's not at all what happened. Yes, they had a lot of yards per carry, but overall, the Bills defense was very, very solid against the run in this game. They had multiple big defensive stands down near the goal line. The first one, Tremaine Edmonds, extraordinarily physical all game long. Wilson goes head on with uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Edmonds stuffs him at about the two inch line and drives him backwards. A fantastic play on fourth and goal. What a play by Tremaine Edmonds being that stud middle linebacker that we all thought he could be. And it really showed that, yes, he is getting back to 100%. He was all over the field last week. He was all over the field this week. And he is being very, very physical uh, at the point of contact. And it has really been showing in his game, in my opinion. The next one, the Bills defense, I believe it was Poyer, who had a big tackle near the goal line, stops the wide receiver just a few inches short I think they said five the five inch line he stops him a little short the 49ers they end up getting a penalty I believe it was an offside penalty on uh, Nick Mullins who drives them back to the five yard line and on the very next play Trey White makes an interception and gives the, the Buffalo Bills the ball back it those are the things that good teams do. They know that it is a game of inches and they come through in clutch moments and the the Bills defense did it time and again in this game. They held the running backs, both of them, to under 50 yards each. Mozart had 42 yards. Wilson had 47 yards. And they were just tremendous all game long. Uh, As I stated before, the defense overall was stellar. They gave up a late touchdown in this game. Otherwise, they would have held opponents in back-to-back games to under 20 points. Just a stellar job by the defense. They are really, really rounding into form. I think... Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are really getting this team back on track defensively, and that is a big, big problem for anybody that wants to play the Buffalo Bills because I got to tell you, with my man Josh Allen at the helm, the Bills are going to be tough to beat, especially when he is slinging it all over the field the way he did in this game. He hit seven different receivers. He went 32 of 40 for 375 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers at all in this game for Josh Allen. Just a spectacular game. He is the first QB in Bills history to throw for eight or 80% completion percentage and four touchdowns uh, with no turnovers in the history of the franchise. He's also broken a tie with Fitzpatrick and with Jim Kelly for the most uh, games in a season with three games so so far. That's a big one. So far, with over 300 yards and four touchdowns, my goodness, he was absolutely dealing it out there. Spectacular, spectacular game by Josh 
Allen again. And his main target, you would be surprised, is not was not Stephon Diggs. He was a secondary target. It was Cole Beasley who was running all over the 49ers defense. They could not cover him. He went for nine catches for, I believe... I believe it was 130 yards, one touchdown. As I stated, he was seemingly always open through the entire game. It was fantastic to watch. It was fun to watch. And I cannot wait to hear what the national media has to say about the UB or about the UB about the Buffalo Bills tomorrow uh, when everything starts to come out. Everyone except for Booger McFarland had the Bills losing this game nationally. My goodness, everyone expected the 49ers with playoff implications and all that to come in and really bully the Bills around, and that just didn't happen. As I stated, aside from one horrendous pass interference call. Against the Buffalo Bills defense, they were very, very stellar. That ended up uh, having the 49ers drive down the field. Uh, The Bills ultimately stopped them, but then the Bills coughed up the ball and the 49ers ended up scoring. It really kind of crushed the momentum of the game right there. But as I was saying, you know, the Bills defense was spectacular. The Bills offense was just on fire. And uh, the the secondary target of uh, Stefan Diggs, he was very, very solid in this game too. He is proving time and again that he is a team player for the Buffalo Bills. He doesn't care. I mean, he obviously cares if he gets the ball, but he doesn't care if he is the main guy every single week. He, he knows he's going to get his is essentially what it comes down to. Stefan Diggs knows he's going to get his. So he's not worried about it. He tells Josh Allen, just make the right read. And I know when I get when it comes to me, I'm going to make that play. He went for 10 catches for 92 yards, no touchdown or anything like that. No real big plays out of Stephon Diggs, just a very solid game again. The biggest play, in my opinion, for Diggs in this game was a block that he had that sprung Dawson Knox down near the goal line for a touchdown for the Buffalo Bills. I believe that put the Bills up 14-7. to A great, great play, a great block by Diggs that got Dawson Knox into the end zone he was spectacular again. Uh, the Bills O-line. You can't say enough about this Bills O-line. I know Josh Allen got sacked one time in this game. That's okay. For most of the game, he Josh Allen was just standing still inside of that pocket. He was doing a spectacular job. Uh, the O-line was in not letting the 49ers get a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. And it showed as he just picked the 49ers defense apart. Um, the few times that they did get pressure, he was able to roll out to his right and still make plays for the most part down the field. Josh Allen was on fire all game long. The offensive line was stellar in the passing game in this one. Uh, the only knock in this game really is that the run game for the Bills didn't really get going. Zach Moss had that really big fumble early in the game, down near the goal line, where he tries to clamp down on the ball instead of just letting Josh Allen hit him in the chest with the ball and then clamping down. He tries to clamp down on the ball, does it too early, and ends up knocking the ball forward, and the 49ers recover and ultimately score a touchdown. That could have been a very big play in the game. It turned out that it wasn't. Zach Moss didn't really get, I think he got one touch after that as he was essentially benched. 
um, by Sean McDermott. But uh, like I said, the run game just wasn't uh, that effective in this game. A lot of it had to do with some of the blocking. There was some nice runs in there, four, five, six-yard runs uh, by Devin Singletary. He held, he carried the ball most of the, uh, the way in this one. He had 18 carries for, I believe, 61 yards. He only averaged about 3.4 yards a carry. Zach Moss had three carries for nine yards, just a three yards per carry, uh, one in this one, and that very costly fumble. But uh, overall, the Bills' offense was cooking. They ran the ball enough to to keep the uh, 49ers honest, and it worked well enough, like I said, to kind of keep them honest for the play-action passes and things like that to kind of set them up. And, you know, Josh Allen didn't really have any giant plays downfield. Cole Beasley had a couple of 20-plus yard uh, receptions downfield. But other than that, there was no really, like, big plays downfield or anything like that. Josh Allen made the correct reads at the correct times and just picked the 49ers defense apart little by little. A big play on a... Uh, a swing route down the left sideline to Isaiah McKenzie, a blown coverage by Richard Sherman on the right side to Gabriel Davis, two bigger plays in the game, and the Bills were rolling from, I don't want to say from the start, but the Buffalo Bills were rolling in this one, and they showed the nation on primetime. This is their first primetime, or mon- not primetime win, their first Monday night football win this century. Think about that. They had not won a primetime Monday night football game since 1999. It When Doug Flutie was under center, uh, that is incredible. Josh Allen was three years old when the Buffalo Bills won their last game in primetime. He comes into Buffalo, does it for the Bills, does it for Bills Mafia. He was incredible. Uh, Brian Dable was just absolutely dialed in in this game also. I really hope we don't lose him to a head coaching vacancy in the offseason. I kind of fear we might. So we have to try to bring somebody in that has the same mindset as a Brian Dable, somebody similar in the way that they play. Uh, have play calls so that Josh Allen can still be comfortable. I think that had a lot to do with such a big leap from year one to year two and from year two to year three. Josh Allen is incredibly, incredibly comfortable in this offense. He looks fantastic, phenomenal, unbelievable, and any other words you can use to describe him this year. Josh Allen has hit 3,400 yards passing. I believe he has 24 touchdowns. Eight interse- or 26 touchdowns, I'm sorry, eight interceptions. That's right around where I thought he would be for the entire season. I thought that he would make another leap because he showed that he has that capability, but I didn't think it was going to be the leap that he had in this one. It has been so much fun to watch, and I can't wait every single week to watch the Buffalo Bills play because it looks like after so many years of waiting and wanting, we finally have our franchise quarterback here in Buffalo, and he is going to be here to stay for a very long time. And it is so much fun to watch a good quarterback tear apart other defenses and not have to grind out games. Again, just a fantastic game by the Buffalo Bills. And I look forward to their Sunday night football match against the 11-1 and Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be a very important match for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're still looking to try to clinch that first round bye in the AFC. 
and the Kansas City Chiefs are nipping at their heels. The Buffalo Bills at nine and three are still in the discussion, but yeah, they're they're more or less trying to win their their division in the AFC East. They have we have the Dolphins nipping at our heels. Also here uh, with eight wins, I believe they are eight and four. So the Buffalo Bills uh, have to try to keep pace with the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins don't have a very strong schedule. The Buffalo Bills have a very difficult schedule coming up. We're going to see who the Buffalo Bills really are. Uh, In my opinion, they're a very good team offensively. Their defense is coming around. Their special teams is good. And they're going to be a problem for anybody in the NFL. Let's go ahead and jump into things here. This is not the way I wanted to start talking about one of my favorite things to watch during sports season, and that is UB Bulls basketball. Again, just a very disappointing start to the season so far. They won their first game pretty handily. It was a a decent game to watch. Unfortunately, I couldn't watch the second game against Army. It wasn't nationally, it wasn't televised. And I was was finally able to watch the third game of the season. It was University at Buffalo Bulls versus the the Bowling Green Falcons. And Bowling Green coming into the season, uh, preseason, was marked by the coaches to be the preseason favorite to win the Mid-American Conference. UB was slated to be number four. And I think with all of the talent that UB has on their roster right now, there is no reason why this shouldn't be a 22 to 25 win team. It's all going to come down to coaching. We're going to talk about that coming up in a little bit. UB lost this game, a close game, until the end. 86-78, as I stated, it was a very close game. Uh, The leading point getters for the Bulls were Javon Graves with 23 points. Uh, He also, he shot 2 of 8 from the uh, three-point line and three of nine from the free-throw line. He was nine of 18 from the floor. He had a very solid game, but the big thing that you probably noticed was the fact that he was just three of nine from the free throw line. And in the course of the game, that turned out to be huge for the university at Buffalo. We're going to talk about that as one of the problems that they have that they might need to correct going forward. Ronaldo Segu, a very highly uh, touted recruit coming into UB. He stuck with UB even after Nate Oates left because they hired Jim Weitzel. And he really liked the way, uh, you know, the coaching staff and things like that in Buffalo with Jim Weitzel at the helm. He stayed. He was a high three-star recruit, a .88, something like that, uh, on 24-7 sports. A very, very good basketball player, very good point guard in Ronaldo. So he had 22 points. He was five of six from the free throw line, one of three from the three point line, not really known as a big time shooter, big time scorer, but he had a very solid game. He had just one assist in this game, though. I would really like to see those numbers uh, get jacked up a little bit higher for the university to really start to go on a roll and start winning some games. And coming in in the third was another very talented, the highest recruit ever in the history of the University at Buffalo is playing right here, right now for the Bulls. He is a four-star recruit. 
Jonathan Williams. He had 19 points, four of six free throws, one of two from three-point land, and he was uh, four of 14 from the field. He had a very, very solid game, seemingly got inside at will, and I don't understand why they didn't really try to set up some more for him. I think the offense should run more through Jonathan Williams and less through Javon Graves. That is just my opinion on watching last year and this year. Jonathan Williams, he has another level to his game. I think he can really take it to another level that I don't think Javon Graves has. I think Graves is a very solid secondary player, but I just don't think the Bulls are going to win the close games if you are going to rely on Javon Graves to be the man for the Bulls. A big thing that that, uh, the Bulls really need to work on when they play against Bowling Green coming up later in the season is they have to find a way to stop Justin Turner. Now, Justin Turner loves playing against UB. He always averages over 20-plus points per game. He had 33 points in this game. He was 7 of 18 from the field and 4 of 7 from three-point land, including a crucial three-pointer late in the game that was really the dagger for the UB Bulls to jump back in the game. It put the uh, Bowling Green Falcons up by 5 points, 77-72, and the Bulls just never really recovered. It was a really bad rotation uh, defensively by the Bulls. Uh, They didn't rotate well enough, and the guy that was supposed to rotate onto Justin uh, Turner didn't do that, left him open for a wide-open three, and that is the last guy probably in the MAC conference that you want to leave wide open for a three-point shot. And again, that play, along with uh, you know their, their free throw struggles, really hurt the university uh, in this game. Uh, you know, I had a lot of questions coming into this game. You know, this is not a good look for the Bulls. They fall to one and two, and they had they just added a game against uh, uh I forget, a Division II team uh, to try to be their season opener to gain some confidence before they go on the road for four very tough road games. Their four very tough road games include Syracuse, St. Bonaventure, and currently ranked right now, as I speak, number 11, West Virginia. They have a very tough road schedule coming up. Now, I know fans are not allowed in most of these, but that doesn't stop the fact that they have to go on the road and try to compete against these teams. These are very, very talented teams that the Bulls are going to have to go and play against, and they could be looking at a very, uh, a, not a very good record to start the year. They have a very difficult schedule, but that's something that Weitzel really wanted for the university to continue to have a very difficult schedule. It really gears things up for when you play in the Mid-American Conference uh, that doesn't really have the talent level that some of these other teams have. It makes things a little bit easier, makes your conference better, uh, your conference record better, and it gives you a better chance at winning the MAC because uh, usually coming out of the MAC, you ha- to get into the NCAA tournament out of the MAC, you have to win the MAC tournament. And the Bulls right now, because of the fact that the tournament was canceled last year, are still the defending MAC champions. So even though they had a very um, disappointing ending to their season last year, there is no more divisions in the MAC conference, no East, no West. It's the top eight teams. They get in. They go to uh, Cleveland, I believe. It's Cleveland. 
Um, they go to Cleveland. They play in the, the MAC tournament, and the winner goes to the NCAA tournament. I would really like the Bulls to continue to to build on what um, Bobby Hurley and Nate Oates did. Uh, I was very skeptical when uh, Jim Whitesell got the job. Um, and it really doesn't look like he's doing that great of a job. Last year, I gave him a pass. He didn't have a lot of his stars returning. I think that's kind of a reason why um, uh, Nate Oates left. He went to Alabama, that and the fact that they gave him a gobload of money to go to Alabama. But uh, they end up hiring Jim Weitzel. Jim Weitzel comes in. They only win 20 games. It is a good mark to get to. It's just the second time in Weitzel's uh, Division One career that he has gotten to 20 wins, so that's a big deal for him. But the Bulls have talent, enough talent on this team to be a 22-plus win team. In my opinion, they're no, they're still not any worse than they were when they had. They, they're a little bit worse. Let me back up. They're a little bit worse than when they had C.J. Massenburg, Jeremy Harris, uh, Nick Perkins. They are a little bit worse when it comes to that. They don't really have a post game, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, one of the problems I see with this team, again, is coaching. Uh they did a national search for a coach, but the players really wanted Jim Weitzel. They wanted to kind of continue the style of play that had been built in Buffalo that really got a lot of higher recruits to come to Buffalo um, to play for Nate Oates. Jim Weitzel was the associate head coach um, for all of that tenure. So, I, you know, I had, ca- I don't want to say I was cautiously optimistic. Honestly, I did a podcast a while ago when he was hired. I did not like that hire very much. I thought there were better qualified candidates out there, including a couple of younger guys who had some really solid recruiting history, and that's something that UB needs in order to continue this ride. Um, You know, Jim Weitzel, he's recruited okay, Um, has recruited some, some pretty talented kids to come to UB for sure, but they have to be able to do better. Their offense... It's, it's efficient, but there's too many one-on-ones. There's too many, you know, picks to try to get one-on-ones with guys, and they just drive to the hoop and take contested shots. They don't really pass the ball around. They don't make the extra passers. A couple of times against Bowling Green that i seen where you could have driven and then kicked it out to a guy for a wide-open three. They didn't do that. They tried the contested shot inside instead, and that's something that the Bulls are really going to need to work on moving forward, and that is all on coach. They have to instill that in the players to make the extra pass. The one time they made the extra pass, the Javon Graves wide open three, and he knocked it down. That is a huge thing for the Bulls to make that extra pass, to get that assist, and and get better quality shots. Now, that's not saying that they didn't perform well. Honestly, they shot for, I think, over uh, 45% field goal percentage for the game, so but but the assists and the easier shots, I should say, so that you don't have to make these circus shots and things like that, it will start to spread the guys out on the other team a little bit more and give the, the other players a little bit more of an opportunity to contribute in this game, aside from those big three and Javon Graves, Ronaldo Segu, and Jonathan Williams. You got to see more from the other guys, the Trayvon Fagans and guys like that in order for this Bulls team to be a good team. You know, you got David Nickelberry, you have Brock Bertram. Now, Josh Mbala is out, and that is a huge blow for the UB Bulls, but they were right there in this game. Everyone's going to deal with injuries. You have to still be able, with the depth on this team, 
to be able to pull out victories against solid teams like Bowling Green if you're going to want to get back to the NCAA tournament and continue to draw recruits here into Buffalo. Uh, The second problem I see is that uh, UB has a lack of consistency, as I stated earlier, at the free throw line. This cost them a few games last year. It's cost them in the Bowling Green game this year. They are shooting just 59.5% from the free throw line this year in the three games. That is absolutely inexcusable for any Division I team, in my opinion, to shoot below 60% from the free throw line. And a lot of that has to do with their you know, their lead guy right now, which is Javon Graves, who went just three of nine from the line. Javon has to be somewhere six or seven from the line in order for the UB Bulls to be consistently good. And the other guys also, they have to knock down their free throws. That's why they call them free throws, okay? I'm not sitting here telling you I'm some magical, unbelievable player, but I am a 70% free throw shooter. These guys should be should be a lot better than less than 60% free throw shooters. That is, in my opinion, absolutely ridiculous and something they have struggled with for the past few seasons. This season, it seems, though, it is particularly bad, and that's something they absolutely have to correct moving forward. The third thing that I've noticed so far is they have a lack of a go-to guy when the game is on the line. Now, last year, we all kind of thought it was going to be Javon Graves. He's going to be the go-to guy. He's going to take his game to another level, but it just hasn't happened for him, and I don't think that there is another level to his game. I think where he's where he ended last year is his plateau. I think that's his ceiling. I think that's where he stays. And he's a very, very good player. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a very talented player. But I don't think the Bulls are going to go very far. If he is your alpha dog, he is a better suited Robin rather than a Batman. And that is something that the Bulls need to address. They're going to have to start dialing things up for other players in big-time situations to try to uh, stop the momentum of the momentum of other teams. You've seen it with uh, late in this game where Bowling Green went on like an 11-0 run. They didn't have the guy to kind of just take here, pass him the ball, take it himself, and and have him score some points to keep you going, keep you in the game. Just didn't happen. They don't have that for the uh, UB Bulls there. Uh Another reason or another thing that I noticed is they don't have a post game. The UB Bulls, they scored a lot of points in the paint, but it was a lot of dribble drives and taking guys one-on-one into the paint and like I said doing some having to really get off some really good shots against contested uh things like that. You really missing a guy like Nick Perkins who you could throw it to him in the post. He could back his guy down, make a nice move, and then get an easy two points when he spins in and, you know, lays it in uh, off the backboard, something like that. You're missing that post presence. Brock Bertram, he's okay. I know he was a very highly touted recruit coming out of, coming out of Apple Valley, Minnesota. He was a high three-star recruit, but he's just not a very good offensive player solid defensive player better than I thought he was going to be but he's just not very good offensively he's not very efficient he uh his high in terms of points 
for a game is eight in his career. I know he's been behind some some very talented players, but when Josh Mbala comes back, I hope they relegate Brock Bertram back to the bench. That's where he is probably best suited to come into 10, 15 minutes a game, give Mbala a little break, and then they can go ahead and um, put Josh Mbala back out there. Again, like I said, UB will need to build on last season in order to continue to bring in these big-time recruits. I want to see 20 20 to 23 wins this season, realistically, with the the talent that they have on this team. There's no reason why they shouldn't have at least 20 to 23 wins uh, this season. If they don't hit that plateau, if they don't hit that, I really and truly honestly believe that it might be time to look for another head coach because Jim Weitzel probably isn't the guy to lead this team. They do have a coaching uh, candidate right on their team in Jamie Corals. He was named, I believe, last year one of the top assistant coaches in the NCAA, potentially going to be poached by another program. He, I, 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 there, I actually did an interview with him way back about 30 episodes ago, somewhere I think it was 55 to 57, something like that. It's audio only, unfortunately, but you can go and check that out with Jamie Corals. It was a fantastic interview. I thank him again for jumping on with me. Uh, he is a very talented guy. And I think that if they continue to hire from within, that he definitely should be the next guy up to continue the momentum of this program. I would really like them to see the uh, continue the momentum of this basketball program. They have been so fun to watch. Uh, the time where they're setting records and being ranked, the, the uh, alumni arena was just rocking. It was so much fun. I was there for the loud, largest crowd ever at alumni arena. Uh, since they did the remodel, it was like 6,700 and some change. Standing room only. So much fun to watch. I want to be. I want that atmosphere again in Buffalo. But they have to continue to win in order for them to do that. And I'm not sure if Weitzel is the guy to continue that momentum. But that's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you guys for listening. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, tell your family. They can hear me audio only on any of the major podcasting websites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course on Anchor. They can, if they're a little bit more visual, they can check me out on YouTube, uh, Sports Talk Buffalo on YouTube. You type in uh, STB, remember to like and subscribe to uh, if you haven't yet. Like every video, subscribe to the channel so you can get weekly content of me going ahead and talking about the Bills, the Sabres, and all of the UB Bulls stuff. Not a lot of people cover the UB Bulls here in Buffalo. I'm one of them. So if you like what you're hearing, like I said, hit that like and subscribe button. It really helps me out. Thank you guys for listening. Have a fantastic week.